Hey everyone and welcome to episode 28 of Robbie's Backstage Bats today. I'm joined by Mike Holloway. How are you doing? Hey Robbie, how are you? I'm loving the red velvet behind you. The curtains are drawn but they'll be open soon. I hope there's a single spotlight behind those tabs. There might be. Hey, do you know that superstition? I don't. Wait, is it? Is ah, it... well, when the theatres are dark, mm. which sadly they are across the world, um, you always leave one spotlight on. Just one. In the hope, just one, a single spotlight. There's a lot that um, a mentor like me can can teach you guys because it's really important. Uh, you always leave one light on uh, because that is the hope that it will be lit again. So there you go. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm assuming there will be one lit behind there. <laughs> maybe, maybe when the theatre's open, we'll have to open it yeah. up and see. Wouldn't that be lovely for your special, you know, Bents uh, series? And uh, it's so good what you're doing because you're engaging and keeping it all positive, which is really, really good. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. It, it, it is fun as well. I'm really enjoying it. Um, so the first sort of, wait, no. The first thing I want to ask you is how have you been coping through this sort of everything shut down and well it's been a, a massive challenge for everybody um and that's an understatement I think yeah. uh, there's loads of things that I could go into but I'll keep it what I call on the entertain uh, the entertainment supportive side mm. our industry's been absolutely mullered by this as we yeah. all know and it's very very sad in a lot of cases with all the technicals uh stage management crew uh, light technicians yeah. asms dsms not just performers it's everybody that's been absolutely slammed with this but um i of course yeah. got the virus in january which was oh, um yeah. uh awful and um <clears throat> thanks to my emma um we got through it i'll Fantastic. leave it there because I wouldn't want to go through anything like that ever again. Um, so, Robbie, um, for everybody listening to this show, uh, I call you and all of us warriors of our time, because we are. We're getting through it. I've written some music. I've relied on music. And I'm just getting back into my voice now, because for about three months, I haven't really oh, been able to use it. No. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a massive test and well done, everybody, for keeping cool and keeping Absolutely. the mental mind muscle sharp yeah. because it, it's played a lot of tricks, Robbie. It has. It's been it's been tough, but we've all got through it, which is what we've got to yeah. happen to, which is awesome. So the first sort of things I want to talk about today is your journey and how you got to where you are. So my first question, it's quite broad. You can do what you want with it, is what is the journey of how you got to where you are today? Uh, well, Robbie, it's a long story short. When I was five, I was tapping. A <laughs> uh, bit of a paradiddle going on there. And yeah. my granddad was a jazz drummer. So he put me on his knee and gave me the uh, stick for the hi-hat. Oh, wow. Which I picked up very quickly. And so very quickly I became a drummer because it was there. It was in, in my bones. Um, so drumming was my intro to the business. I went to a music school when I was 11 and um, I met John, who was a guitarist in the jazz band. Um, and then we formed a little group called The Young Revival when we were 10, 12, well, how old am I now? 12, yeah, um, wow. called The Young Revival. We did things like Blue Peter 
um, and lots of social gigs in those days because there mm. was loads of them around. And then I uh, discovered my voice when um, Roger Price discovered me for Thames Television to do a series oh. called You Must Be Joking. And that's wow. where it really started. My group's name was changed to Flintlock. Yeah. The rest is history. You know, I sang, I played drums, I did all the sketches, did the gags. Um, but how old are you, Robbie? I am 15. 15, right, okay. So I started my journey as a pop star when I was 12. Wow. <laughs> People don't realise this, yeah? So by the time I was your age, um, and it's so lovely, all the memories that are popping up on Facebook right now, all the looking, all the teeny mags, um, my pop star days were between the age of 12 and 17. Wow. So there you go. So that was my intro to the business as a drummer and then became a vocalist with the drumming um, going sort of succinct together. Yeah. Then the acting, of course, I rolled into the Tomorrow People, which was a massive sci-fi series. It's still out there. It's on BritBox. Wow. So you, <laughs> you can still go and watch, go and watch it, now. it Yeah. 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 Awesome. So th that's a long story short of a journey of someone, um, you know, coming into the business at the age really? of sort of nine, nine or 10 years old. Incredible. Really. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much for that. And did you have any other career paths in mind or was it always you wanted to do music? Um, that's a really interesting question. Uh, the simple answer is that there was no other journey because it was oh. so obvious that was where I was going. I left school when I was 12. Um, I had to have a private tutor to work alongside me when I was doing, because I, I was on telly every day, five days a week for three years. Wow. So I, I had, you know, schooling in the lunch break. Um, so it was pretty much what it was meant to be, really. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I went awesome. to a music school, of course, paid my dues, learned my music, um, did sight reading, uh, did grade eight um, uh, trumpet, actually. I, oh, I had wow. to play a second instrument. Yeah. But this is a funny story. Not a lot of people know this. I had to give it up oh. because when I went for one of my exams, I think it was grade four or five. Um, I did the exam in the morning in London and then I rushed over to Thames television to record some tomorrow people and of course I had a big red mark oh, no. on my lips because of the uh, embouchure of yeah. the uh, playing of the trumpet and Roger Price came running down the um, stairs from the gallery where they were filming and he said what's that on your face I said, nothing. He said, you've got this big swollen lip and this red mark on your lip. What? I said, oh, well, I've just done a trumpet exam. He said, well, you'll have to give it up. He said, because you can't film today because you look ridiculous. So I had to give it up because um, it affected, obviously, the filming. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> wow. That is yeah. a, it's a good story, that, actually. Yeah. So now we're just going to jump into a bit about your career. Now, you mentioned your band and your group so what was that yep. like it was surreal because again there was no preparation for it in oh. the early 70s i mean you know being screamed at um being mobbed all those things were part of the 70s era with the osmonds david cassidy yeah. there was us flintlock there was myself slade um the glitter band there was guys and dolls there were so many bands sheer elegance 
um, the three degrees still around now. And of course, we were all experimental because there was no formula. So you kind of learned about being a pop star or a pop person as you went day to day. And it was, um, it, it was surreal. Uh, sometimes dangerous, sometimes yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of risks. I can remember coming out of a concert at the Apollo Theatre Victoria in London yeah. um, with a screaming audience, and then we had to come out of the stage door and rushed into a car. But all of the fans climbed over the car, so our bouncer then, uh, his name was Mike. Uh, if he's listening by any chance, I'd love to see you again, buddy. Um, and um, he said, all of you, go on your backs and put your feet on the roof of the car because the roof was coming in. And the noise of the fans banging oh, no on the car, yeah, seriously, was unbelievable. So, yeah, there was a lot of bizarre experiences. We couldn't really hear ourselves live because the screaming at the concerts, yeah. they had no way of getting over it now they've got all the technology and all the gizmos but yeah we were playing uh, and you couldn't really hear yourself hear because the screaming at the pop concerts was so loud <laughs> um so I mean, yeah i guess you, you must have known that you're doing something right then if you if you had the screaming i suppose if the screaming stopped you'd be like oh Yes, yeah, that would be a worry. But we, we, we did kind of say, well, if you'd like to listen to us, maybe you should stop. But it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Just let us sing. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously a huge part of your career is Joseph, which is yeah. an incredible show. Now, how did that start for you? How did, how did Joseph come about? Well, that's a very good question, Robbie, because in simple terms, when pop finished for me, punk rock came along and glam rock, the, 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 the pretty look, went very quickly. Um, punk rock arrived in the late 70s and it lasted right through to the mid 80s, as oh, you wow. probably know. Um, and um, I crossed into theatre mm -hmm. and a wonderful man called John Chilvers saw, saw me, perchance, just doing a charity concert in the wow. East End of London. Um, and um, he said, um, I think you'd make a good Joseph. I was then 18. Um, wow. And this was at the Swansea Grand Theatre back in the day when it was a beautiful theatre run by a stunning man called John Chilvers. And he gave me, I owe, I owe him this, he gave me my opening to theatre. And I played Joseph for three weeks at the Swansea Grand and then I did Panto, I then did Gospel, Grease, Jesus Christ Superstar, um, various, the uh, Tommy, the musical, and then Bill Kenwright's Henry Metcalf saw me in a big musical called Humpty Dumpty with Keith Harris and, oh. um, and Bobby Crush. And he said, you're going to be my next Joseph. And I lasted just under four years in the first run with the big tour. Wow. And that was the sort of 1983 to 1986-7. Yeah. But then I, I kept guesting. I came back in 2000. I came back in um, 2002. And then I last guest starred in it in 2005. So I do officially hold the record for playing Joseph over the longest period of time. And I've played him more than anybody else. So very proud of that. Yeah. There. Yeah. So that must have been an absolute experience for you then doing doing the tour. You must have done a hell of a lot of casts as well. You must have outrun a lot of other casts. Yeah, well, 
thousands of brothers, uh, probably about 12 narrators, um, yeah. probably somewhere in the regions of 15 to 20 pharaohs. Yeah. Um, and all of them amazing. Um, we always had a great relationship on stage professionally and after shows together because we were doing 12 shows a week then. Yeah, that's a lot. And that is unbelievable. And it does make me smile when people complain about doing six or eight yeah. shows a week because for us, that would have been a holiday. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Especially. Yeah. Well, how did that fit in then in your week? Well, basically, we um, had to do, obviously, the matinee in the evening. Mm. Some days we did um, a morning show, so we would do 11 o'clock, 2.30, and 7 o'clock. Um, and therefore, there wasn't a lot of time for socialising. We no. Genuinely, we, we had to be quite strict with bedtime, rest time. Mm. Um, otherwise, your voice would just you'd yeah, lose it. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. 12 show week. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we did the Joseph concert last year, which was yeah. awesome to do work, to, to work with you, all of you guys on that, which was so exciting yeah. for me. And how yeah. did that work for you? Then? I mean, obviously I know how it worked, but people at home might not know how, how the whole thing went down. Well, the, the, it was amazing because on my radio show, uh, Jordan, um, and then now yourself, obviously, uh, have been great supporters. Um, I call everybody my digital warriors yeah um and um it's got a big following now and uh, my show is different and a bit yeah. quirky and i i feature lots of different things so jordan and i kind of had this thing about joseph and i indeed in lockdown as you probably know i used to do live singing on my radio show of yeah. excerpts from joseph or from lemis or from various musicals like um, evita and that sprung the idea you guys then put us all together in digital world yeah. and it was quite strange um you people out there watching this interview because like i've got my earphones in now basically you're singing to the backtrack but you're singing into a microphone so that you can send it digitally to Jordan and Robbie's team so that they could then put that vocal into the mix. But it was really weird. It took a bit of getting used to. It did. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a long project. I'll put it that way. It was, it was yeah. long, but I was really, I was really pleased with the outcome. I, I thought it was a brilliant, it was what everybody needed. It was a great uplift for everybody, A. B, it gave everybody um, an edge in a very difficult time mm. because through that first lockdown, we were all in shock. Um, and so it was nice to put something out there that people and fans of theatre and musicals could yeah. connect with myself and Darren um, and the whole team and the wonderful narrators and all the brothers that joined. And you did a great job. You know, it's very difficult to edit that kind of thing. So it fair is play yeah. fair credit to all of you it's very very fun as well i enjoyed it yeah um, good and and there was a lot of cast involved which was incredible i was so pleased so many people wanted to get involved with that yeah especially especially with it being charity work as opposed to unpaid with all you guys being out of work but at that yeah. point we didn't know how long it was going to be we were like no yeah a couple months it'll be fine and now here we are <laughs> a year on so you mentioned the other shows you've done, such as Godspell and Superstar. Yep. So what were they like? 
Well, yeah, they were very, very different subject matters, but still needed the, um, because back then, of course, there was no click tracks or auto tunes or voice vocoders, or you, you had to deliver the goods or you're out. Um, so all these musicals, you had to train everybody to become very vocally astute and and in and in terms of power you needed a bit of a voice on you because otherwise you would never be heard um so of course doing all of these shows it just built the stamina built the technique i was trained i was so very fortunate he's no longer with us um, but a man called ian adams there'll be a lot of people out there listening that know of him he was the master vocal coach he never played with your sound but he gave you a formidable voice technique so that you could always support and get through colds and flus and find ways around it. Wow. Um, so I found all of those shows very empowering to my cause, which was to become a vocal athlete, which we had to be back then. Yeah. There was no choice. Yeah. Mm. And I bet it, it must have been challenging. I know for, for a start, Jesus Christ Superstars is a very, very vocally challenging show. Yeah. So that must have been quite difficult to build that stamina up. Well, it was indeed, but you see, bear in mind, um, I also, along with the MD at the time, put all the top notes into uh, Joseph, um, like into Close Every Door. Um, I go up into Super G's and um, Top B Flats, um, and um, I put the top notes on, uh, you know, give me my colour coat, my amazing colour, you know, I'm not, and can't do it right now because I'm still getting my yeah. my uh, equipment back in order after yeah, having uh, the virus. But we put those notes in. So depending on who plays Joseph, it doesn't matter. The, the top note is an F. Um, but we, I, put all the top notes in to yeah. uh, the show whilst I was in it. Wow. So therefore, that was the preempt for doing the bigger roles vocally. Um, yeah. But don't don't bear, bear in mind the brothers to do two shows a day every day. Um, that's formidable. Mm. You know, and there was no shows off. There was no understudies. It was just you. You found the way. Yeah. So do you think now some days? Well, these days people have it a bit easy compared to how uh, you had it. To be honest, yes, mm. absolutely. Because you know, you sometimes can tell because sometimes performers have got two lavaliers. They've got one either side of their ear, mm -hmm. so they've got two mics. So therefore, if their voice isn't strong, um, and I, I know this happens, and um, you know, fine, that's okay. Um, but for me personally, I like to see, and I can tell when a performer is ripping the shit out of the vocal that they are doing at that time. Yeah. And that's what gives me goosebumps. And I know most people feel the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So now we're going to jump on to the fans' questions, which is always okay. nice and exciting to do. So the first question is from Ryan. And Ryan's asked, how many years in total were you Joseph? In total, it would be approximately uh, for, for, it would be about six years. Wow. Ballpark, not continuous, no. but with months, months in, months off, months in, the big tour that I did. Um, so won't be far out. No, yeah. that's, that's really, really good. And Emily's asked, was there any onstage mishaps in Joseph? Did anything go wrong potentially on stage? <laughs> The biggest one was when we had a donkey and when Joseph 
came to Egypt in his chariot of gold. It used to be a motorbike. And as I came on, um, Jacob had come on the stage with a donkey. But the crew thought it was funny to give the donkey mints. And for those that know, you should never do that. It gives the donkey the runs. And as it walked on the stage, it did its business all across the stage. I didn't know that because I'm in the wings getting ready on my bike. And when I came on on the bike, instead of braking, I slid in the donkey's poop and slid all the way along. And my front wheel went over the front of the stage and was facing the musical director. And the stench was unbelievable. And the laughing and the corpsing went on with a standing ovation for five minutes. Wow. <laughs> so... That's a, that's a good story to tell. I like that one. <laughs> it's the truth. That's God's honest. Yeah. Um, and the next question from Jake. Jake has asked, what is your favourite song in Joseph? Um, my favourite will always be, um, if sung properly, Close Every Door. Mm. Absolutely. And, yeah, and if people want to hear a nice rendition of that, they can head to the Joseph concert. Yes, indeed. Yes. Well uh, plugged. Mike is there. Yep. That. Um, yeah. Go and check it out because it's a stunning, I'll stunning song. It. I'll link it in the, in the description of this. Um, the next question is from Evie and she's asked, do you have a dream role? Now, obviously, you've played a lot of fantastic roles, but is there any way you'd like to take a stab at? Yes, I really would. And I know I could do a wonderful job of The Phantom. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to vocal that um, at the right age and the right mindset to cultivate that role now uh, so that that would be something i would love to do that would be awesome well you know let me know if you ever end up being the phantom and of course <laughs> the last question is from trevor and he's asked if you could get a line on stage what do you do um, well fortunately and um if it's who i think it, it is answering the question the more you do in this business the more equipped you are to get yourself out of it so in in essence to answer your question, touch wood, I get out of it. I find another lyric that's similar because I've got so many of them in my head spinning round with different yeah. shows and different things. I'll always find that the notes will be the same, but the words will be different. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... It's and the, I've done it. It's the best thing to do, isn't it? No one will notice yeah. a thing. Because we're human and it happens. <laughs> now, before we go any further, I've just realised, why don't you give your, your radio show a little bit of a plug? Well, yes. I mean, obviously, for anybody new that might be watching Robbie's events, um, it's uh, secondcityradio.net. That's the website. My show is Mike Holloway's Digital World, and it's on every Sunday evening, um, any time between 8 and 11 p.m. It's sometimes 9 and 11 p.m. It depends on the uh, outage and the demographics of the digital um, memories at the time. But it's around the world. It, I've got listeners all over now. So there you are. If you're interested, it's certainly a very different radio show. It is, but it's, it's really entertaining. So get yourself over there for a little listen. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you. And as far as I'm aware, you've got that live chat as well, haven't you, at the side, where you can... Yep, you've got live chat. It's Spreaker.com, which is the platform. You go and create yourself a little platform and it's free and it takes two minutes. And then you come into a live chat so you can interact with me uh, at the time of doing the live show. And it's, as you know, it's crazy because I can shout live things out. 
it's absolutely mental <laughs> it's great it's great if anyone hasn't listened they should definitely go and do that because it's certainly <laughs> something um yeah and the last thing today is a little quiz on how well you know joseph now these questions okay. aren't necessarily well. i mean there's two that are like show trivia and the rest of them are more like cast or cast album sort of trivia stuff like that right so here we go the first Ooh, question is how many songs are in the original London cast recording? So this is on the CD. I mean, you can just take a stab at this, but how many songs do you think there are? How many songs, including the reprise, you're probably looking somewhere in the regions of 19? Ooh, 22. Close, though. Oh, you're only, you're only three off. That's Ooh. not bad. Ah, there you go. Very close. The next Good one. question. The next one's quite, quite, quite recently been a thing, so you should get this. Which Joseph recently returned to the show to play Pharaoh? Oh, uh, was that G Andrew Gita? No, 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 no. It was in the London production quite recently. Oh, um, right. I, 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 I don't know. Give me a clue. Jason. Oh, oh of course. Of course, yes, so yes, Mr. Donovan, man. Yeah. Yes, there you I, go. You got me on that one. I got you there. That was yeah. That was a that was a trick. You'll get the rest. The rest. The rest of the questions you'll get. I have no doubt. So this this is an easy one. I'm looking for two names. Who wrote the music and who wrote the lyrics for Joseph? Yeah, well, there you are. It's the wonderful duo Andrew Lloyd Webber and the wonderful, wonderful man that is Tim Rice. Absolutely. I knew you'd get that one. Now here's your more trickier ones for you. This should not be tricky. Um. Listen to the question. Can you name all 12 of Jacob's sons? Oh, yeah. Reuben was the year with Subdition. Simeon and Levi, the next in line, Naphtali and Issachar with Asher and Dan. Zebulun and Gad took the total to nine. Jacob, Jacob and sons. <laughs> Benjamin and Judah, which leaves only one. And then there's Joseph. Yes. I knew there you were singing it. There and you go. The last one. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this one. Do you want to sing us all the colours of the coat? <laughs> the colours of the coat. Yes, yes absolutely. As, as you sip a cup of tea, um, it was red, yellow, green, brown, scarlet, black, ochre, peach, ruby, olive, violet, fawn, lilac, gold, chocolate, mauve, cream and crimson and silver and rose, azure and lemon and russet and grey, purple and white and pink and orange and blue. Yes. Awesome. Well done. Um, so the last few things I'm going to do, firstly, is to remind the people at home listening or watching or whatever they're doing um, yeah. to head down to the description if they can, as I'm going to drop a donation link for Active for Others, as it's really important to donate at a time like this. Please donate. No, that, I'm glad you brought that up. Please, please go and donate. It's a wonderful cause. It's a very genuine cause. And as I say in my curtain speeches regularly, even if people just put, you know, two pounds, three pounds in, mm. if you times that by a few hundred thousand people, it's not a lot out of one person's pocket, but collectively, look what uh, t uh, Tom Moore raised. Yeah. 33 million for those wonderful NHS stunning nurses. Incredible. So collectively, you know, a little people think, oh, two pounds, not enough. Actually, it really is. It really is. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, another thing, just to also follow the socials, because you'll be finding out who's going to be next in the Zoom and who I'm going to be chatting with next. So it's also important to do that and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, because that is yeah. helpful to me. 
And Good. finally, I just want to thank you for coming in, Mike. It's been awesome chatting with you and learning all about your record-breaking Joseph. Yeah, well, it's been lovely talking and um, it's been great to, you know, associate with people that care about theatre and care about our business because collectively, you know, we're all smaller than Andrew Lloyd Webber and all the big boys. But I tell you what, if all the middle size and small size people keep the word going, keep the energy going, keep doing these little things, they all add up like raising money for charity to a big message of care for our industry exactly yeah no absolutely couldn't have said it better myself and finally thank you for watching or listening or whatever at home it really means yep. the world to me and i'll see you in the next episode keep watching robbie rock on warriors bye-bye